Hey, welcome to the Chris Craig Show. Man, what a, it, it's been a long night, Craig. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were so. at, Craig was at an event. I don't know. Uh, we got to leave some mystery to you. I don't know if we should say what the event was. It, it's fine. I was at church. Oh, yes, yes. Holy Day of Obligation in the Catholic faith, so. Well, you actually came we up to, to one, one of our masses, yeah. The Seinfeld podcast, because Laura's like, I missed that tonight, because Laura's a, a fellow yeah. <laughs> Catholic, and yeah, it kind of been, it was interesting, so. <laughs> All right, yeah, so, yeah, Craig missed a couple of our earlier episodes. He'll be back on those next week, but he's here for this one, so it's good. Yeah, pulling the curtain back, we tape ours back to back to back, so. You can miss part, and you can be there for the other part of it. It's really strange. All right, so hey, I just wanted to talk to you about a couple things. Um, first of all, as we've talked about a lot, we're not an NFL podcast or a football podcast or even a sports podcast, but you know, there's teams that we like that when they do stuff, we want to mention it. So yeah. we had Christina Smith on because she's a Michigan fan. She got to talk about her experience. Uh, I like the Steelers. Craig likes the Lions. We had to talk about that stupid tie earlier in the year with the Steelers <laughs> yeah. Lions. So let's talk briefly. Um, it was, we got other stuff we want to talk about, too. Um, Lions, they won. Uh, they beat the Vikings. What was the final? 29-27. Okay. Yep. Any thoughts? I mean, I know it's kind of lost season either way, but. Well, yeah, I, I will say this. Um, I knew the Lions were going to be bad this year, but I was also hopeful that they'd win a couple of games so they would not be, oh, we're the first team that has gone 0-17 after previously going 0-16, being one of the three te- the two teams right. that have gone 0-16. So I was hopeful that they were not going to go winless. Of course, they had the tie with the Steelers, which meant they would guarantee to not go 0-17, but I still wanted them to win a game. I, di- I didn't expect them to win more than maybe two or three total uh, based on the rosters that they had that constructed, you know, during, you know, the off season going into the season, it was exciting because, you know, the lions have been chipping away at a lot of teams and they've been involved in a lot of games where, you know, whether it's the Ravens game or the 49ers game, the Browns, you know, game where they, you know, they had chances to win some of these games and they finally broke through And I think that's a good thing for that franchise because, you know, obviously this is a team that has not won very much in the last, well, since my lifetime. And it's good to see them win. I will say they probably were a little bit over the top with their celebration in getting their first victory of the season. But I can imagine the emotions have been running high because they've been so close in terms of winning one of those games like the Ravens or the Browns or the Steelers game is a game they probably could have won. So it was great to see. It's it doesn't really do a whole lot other than the fact that it allows them to avoid zero and sixteen and one. Um, does it you know mean that they're going to win out? No. Does it mean they're going to win another game maybe this year? Possibly. Um, it was a great you know. At, at first, I was a little nervous because the Vikings scored with about a minute to go and took a lead, and I thought, here we go. This is the way the Lions are going to lose again. But you know, Jared Goff and you know that not so great supporting cast was able to get down the field and find a way to score. So they surprised me because I was, I was pretty much thinking they were done after that touchdown by the Vikings to make it 27, 23. 
Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised as they were able to march down the field and put the points on the board and get the victory. Well, I think it was kind of fun. I mean, they celebrated like your <laughs> well, like if my nine year old played sports, how she would celebrate if they win. <laughs> I, I don't know, but you know, that's kind of cool. I mean, I think it's an I, I think it shows they liked playing for their coach and Yeah, yeah, I agree. If they got better free agents, maybe they'd lose a little bit of that um young excitement, but I I don't know. It is what it is. I don't think anyone in their right mind would have thought it was gonna be that much different for Lions this year. Um Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got me scared now because the team that you beat, uh the Vikings, they're playing the Steelers this week and Oh. Thursday night football, which just sucks the high heavens. I hate <laughs> Thursday night football. Uh, first of all, I okay, this sounds very cocky. For those of us who work in the morning, don't <laughs> give us a night game we have to stay up and watch. Yeah, it, it's crap. And you know, here's the other thing it's a very short work week. Steelers had a really emotional win over the Ravens. Um, yeah, y- yeah. It was nice to see after they got killed by the Bengals. I I don't know. I mean, I I don't think that win means they're a Super Bowl team by any means. I I think they um, (laughs) – it's a step in the right direction. It it means that they're not horrible, terrible, but the Ravens have a bunch of flaws too. I I, I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are marginal. And you say, well, the Lions only won one game. Well, maybe – if the Lions had some breaks go their way, I mean, they could beat the Ravens. Um, they could be a five, six win team at this point and be right. close to 500, you know? Yeah. If, if and breaks, there's a ton you know. of NFL teams like that. Um, think, you know, the AFC, there's like four teams yeah. are four, yeah. which is really strange. Um, and again, I'm not saying the Steelers going to mount up and have a Super Bowl run. It's a little frustrating that the NFL, there's no really great teams this year. I mean, that's yeah. the truth. It's kind I, of by design in the NFL, though. They they want parity. They want teams to believe that their teams can win. That's why there's salary cap. You know, that's why there's no draft lottery. They want they want teams to be able to rebound. Like, look at the Patriots, for instance. I mean, they look like by far the best team in the AFC East. And anybody that you would have asked beginning of the season, everybody would have thought Buffalo would have been running away with that division and maybe even being – a Super Bowl contender, and now the Patriots look better. So that's the way the NFL likes it, though. They like the parody. They like people that go worst to first. They like just the movement in the standings, and they like the fact that everybody, you know, there there are obviously exceptions to the rules with great teams and bad teams, but a lot of teams are in the middle out of that 32-team league. Yeah, and those Patriots keep it up. I mean, they're, they're playing the best right now. They're playing really well. Right, but I don't know if I know Mac Jones didn't have to do hardly anything in the Monday night game, but I, I'm not sure if a rookie quarterback does. I, I mean, like Ben uh, Roethlisberger for the Steelers, his rookie year was great. He actually led the NFC title game, but you hit a wall. He hit a wall in the NFC title game, and they got blown up by the Patriots. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I really think anybody in the NFC, probably the Steelers excluded, could get hot at the right time. Even a team like the Browns, which are turning a little bit of a joke. I yeah. mean, hey, if you get hot near the end of the year, maybe you're the Super Bowl team. So, who knows? It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, NFL frustrates me this year, but I'm a <laughs> dork. That I'm always going to come back. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to sit up late and watch that dumb football game tomorrow. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I've read some studies that say the game after the Steelers have a really tough competitive emotional game against the Ravens, sometimes they fall apart. You know, they don't do as well. Um, yeah. But then on the other hand, you look at the Vikings and say how they react after the loss of the Lions. So who knows? Well, and they're in a must-win because the Vikings, even though they're five and seven, they're still in that playoff race. So right, it's a it's a huge game for both teams. So I think the I think both teams are gonna, you know, bring their A game, so to speak. And expect anything. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Sewers have a dominant win, or the Sewers could just fall flat in the face and. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. NFL wants parody, but uh, parody just blah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want some good and some terrible. I don't want a bunch of the same crap and right. stuff. All right, well, bear with me for a second. I, I want to tell you another story on football related. Yeah. Um, we are trying our hardest to stay out of the political issues. Um, so let me not Let's try to avoid the political stuff with this one. Uh, but, you know, they've talked a lot lately about supply chain issues, workers, you know, places don't have enough workers and everything. Uh, I guess my non-political answer is if you don't have to work, you don't have to work. You know, we, we've talked about this. Sometimes, like, like um, some really small journals in places. Why drive a half hour to sit in the office for eight hours when you're only making a certain amount of money per day and i think that kind of goes into why some fast food places are having a hard time finding workers and other stuff i mean is it worth leaving your house to go spend a bunch of time at a place where you're more likely to get covid and not make that much money doing it and again it's i'm not saying it from a republican or democratic perspective i'm just saying you know you know Craig, you, you've had that. We've had to talk about your career, my career. You, you sit there and say, is something worth it? If it's not, right. don't go for it or, or look for something new. You know? um, but why I bring this up, Craig, was a crazy story. Uh, the other night, I got my kids with me. Uh, my wife's at the store. It's getting about 7 p.m. So you got kids. Hey, you know, need to give them stuff to eat. So I asked uh, my daughter, hey, what would you like? She says, burger. I'm like, all right. So there's a Wendy's, and we're like, all right, we're going to go for Wendy's, get some Wendy's, and we'll be good. Go for the Wendy's, and the fat, and this is the drive-thru. The drive-thru worker answers it right away and says, hey, we are not taking orders for 15 to 20 minutes. We have a shift change. Wow. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Okay. And I don't want to be yell at cashier guy. I mean, life's short. So I'm like, <laughs> all right. Uh, that's interesting, and I just drove off and went to another sure. one of these. I have never seen that before, and I'm sure if we had that manager on, he'd be like, "Oh, we have supply chain issues," and and you know. But my wife, who's worked at fast food places more than I have growing up, uh, she's just like, "Look, you can time that better. You can have somebody start a little bit earlier, and you know, work." Right. Uh, where it does have to happen. So maybe it's not a supply chain issue. Maybe whoever runs that Wendy's doesn't know how to well yeah, schedule I mean, shifts that well. I mean, sounds, maybe there's a worker shortage as opposed to right. the supply chain. Because I remember, you know, in the in the midst of the pandemic early last summer, where we went through a Burger King and they didn't have burgers. And I'm like, this is what you guys do. And, you know, we've gone through uh, Wendy's before, and, you know, there's two Wendy's here in Sandusky, 
and one of the Wendy's had an item and the other Wendy's did not have that same exact item. So I think that was more of the supply chain problem. I think now people are, the supply chain is still a little tentative, you know, tenuous maybe, but I think now the biggest issue we're seeing is, is worker shortages. And, um, you know, we see that a lot here in Sandusky where, you know, the Wendy's close at nine instead of 10. There was a time when Taco Bell, which stayed open until two or three in the morning was, you know, one of the locations before Cedar Point season was closing at nine or 10, which was very strange for them. So I think, I think the shift change probably had more to do with maybe they didn't have the the workers that could just transition into the next shift versus, you know, a supply chain problem. Well, here's my other beef. I hate to say it's because people are going like, man, you tub, you go out to fast food places way too much. But there's another time recently where I was at McDonald's drive-thru, and I placed the order. They butchered it eight ways. I mean, everything was wrong. Everything. Yeah. And I get there, and the price is really high. And I'm like, oh, no, I wouldn't add something to the order. And it was okay. a simple, like, my 14-year-old wanted a 10-piece instead of a 6-piece nugget. So I'm like, all right, can you upgrade that? They upgrade by three or four bucks. I'm like, it's not wow. three or four bucks more to buy a, you know, <laughs> extra four nuggets. I mean, it should be like right. a buck, maybe a buck fifty. And I eventually got to a place where I'm like, life. I, I literally told the guy, I'm like, life's too short. I'll pay the extra money, whatever. Yeah. But I, I guess the broader point in all of this is, if you're going to have a restaurant, and again, this is not a Democratic or Republican statement. We don't want to talk about that crap anymore. But if you're, no matter what affiliation are or, or what you think of what's whatever's going on, if you're a restaurant owner and you're owning a restaurant, at least provide decent service. If you can't provide decent service, if you don't have a hamburg, if you're having to schedule shift changes where you're pretty much closing a shop for 20 minutes, I mean, can you imagine that, Craig? Yeah. 20 minutes of nobody coming in, you get no proceeds. Right. That's right. dumb. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, you know the, the funny, new restaurant. You yeah, know, close down the restaurant. It's not yeah. working. The strange thing is, I, I think the this the thing that I've noticed the most that's kind of weird is, and I, I've never seen this problem before, would be you can't do two transactions in one order. Like, let's say, you know, you're visiting your mom and dad, and I, I, I say, hey, do you want you want anything from here? We're going to go here. And they say, oh, yeah, here's my card. Get me a this. Well, if you go up to the window and the drive through at pretty much anywhere now and you say, oh, I've got two orders. Here's the first one and here's the second one. They don't do that anymore. You have to order it all in one order. And that's the one thing that I thought was a little strange. I'm not really sure how that is impacted by the pandemic or if they feel like there's just going to be that much longer of a wait or lines for other people. I don't understand that one so much, but that's that's come up a few times that this doesn't seem to make sense to me, though. Let me go conspiracy theory on you a little bit. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, COVID's making life different. I mean, no. we're all trying to cope. We're all trying to manage. We're trying to stay healthy. We have a business. We're trying to make that work. If we're an employee, we're trying to say, hey, can I work from home? You know, yeah. I mean, all this stuff works. So there's a billion questions going on with all of us every day of this stuff. But what 
frustrates me is if you know, like I said before, if you're a restaurant or any other business that can't do business, close down for a while. Because here's the attitude I'm getting from some people. Okay, we're in COVID. Be nice to us. Work with us. You know, we're trying to get more employees. Hey, look, you know, sign on. You'll get a $5 bonus and all this other crap. Well, I'm hoping these business owners aren't taking advantage of the system to say, okay, we're, we're going to hire half what we normally need on a Tuesday night. And if somebody complains, just say, hey, it's COVID. We're having a hard time attracting workers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying everybody does that, but I'm wondering if it's a nice, easy cop-out. And if you're only paying half your pay for that night, you're making more money. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, fast food places have probably gotten even more creative than anybody where they're offering higher wages, bonuses. You know, it kind of just baffles me, though, that a place would say, well, you can't order for 20 minutes. You'd almost be better off just saying, okay, we're going to have drastically reduced hours. That way you can at least say, we're not going to have any dead time where our bills are, are, you know, our electric is on, our gas is on, our water is running and whatever. And you're not making any money off of that. I mean, you're not, if you're shut down for 20 minutes and you're not closed down, you're, you're just, you're wasting all that electricity. You're wasting a lot of utility that you're going to be paying and you're not making up for it. So you might as well just say, we know we have this many people coming in. We don't have a, a really easy shift change at this point. So let's just close an hour early so we don't even have to deal with it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's too simple. But it just seems like it's a lot to give up, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, I live in a city. So, and what bugs me, I'll be honest, you know, my nine year old has special needs. She doesn't understand. You know, she's like, Daddy, you want a burger? I'm like, all right. You right. Know, we got that. What well, I'm not sitting there in the drive thru for 20 minutes. I'm like, hey, we got to go somewhere else. Which she starts fussing. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I like a burger. I'm like, all right. Well, thank goodness for us. I mean, we live in Columbus where there's Wendy's stacked on top of Wendy's. I mean, we literally drove down the road five minutes. We found over Wendy's. We got our food. It was a late night because of Wendy's being silly, but we survived. I mean, we're right. here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's more of a frustration. And I said this earlier tonight. I mean, okay, we're healthy, you know. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're blessed tonight to still be here, and you know, not. I, I mean, you know, lots of deaths from COVID. It's just horrible. Um, so maybe this is like first world problems. Maybe it's bigger issues in life. Probably is. Right? You know, it's it's still. You know, I mean. But time's money. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's it, why I'm at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, there's tragedy all around us, but that doesn't mean that you know you can't share your frustrations with things, whether it be something as simple as weird fast food hours or shift change or shortages of this or shortages of that. I mean, I probably do this every time with my wife when we're at um, Sam's Club, and I like to get. The, the Tyson chicken wings, well, the Tyson chicken wings, like a year and a half ago or two years ago, were like $16 for a bag, and now they're $24. So, you know, I mean, I every time I see that, I complain about it because of the, you know, the chicken shortages and the worker shortages and stuff like that that we've seen. 
you know, it's just, it's not that I know there are bigger and better and more important things going on, but you know, it's sometimes that's, you know, in your, well, you know, you're living in your normal life or your shell of your life. You, you kind of lose track of some of that stuff. And that's not to say that you're terrible or a first world complainer. It just, you know, it just, that's the way it impacts you. Maybe I've had family members that have had COVID. I've had family members die from COVID and I completely respect the virus, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't impact people in other ways as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just, I don't know. It's kind of wild, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. I just want, I want better quality of stuff. I, I think we're just embracing mediocrity in, in general as a country. Um, so many places just they need workers and everything and again you can put your Republican Democrat spin on it however you want but but the fact is in our current situation making eight bucks an hour at Wendy's just doesn't cut anymore you know we we have to drive there and and just sit there and just work late it's just why I mean, you know, I, I, t- I tell my wife this: like, we'll go for a fast food place at eight o'clock. They'll, they'll butcher order. They'll be rude. They'll, you know, cuss with their friends as they take your order. And you know, my wife's like, "Well, I don't like this. This isn't good." I'm like, "Who wants to work at fast food place at you know nine p.m. on a Tuesday night in Columbus? You know, downtown. Right. Yeah, you, you know, you you just can't." You can't pull that. And I think the problem is, you know, places like Wendy's and McDonald's, the food's so cheap and everything else, they're making money either way, you know? Right. But it's just, you get to the place where I, I just get sick of it. It's really frustrating. Yeah. All right. Well, let's close up with this, Craig. Uh, it's just been a wild night, so let's just try to end up with a fun story. Yeah. Um, saw the story, I think Utah, if I recall right. Um, there's a a couple. Well, this lady she she lost her wedding ring in the '60s at a Utah potato patch. It's found, so yeah. she's got her wedding ring back. Craig, I'm saying too much here, but I'm in my mid 40s. Craig, I'm starting to forget stuff, dude. Um, the <laughs> other day, I couldn't find my wallet, and my yeah. wallet was literally like two inches away from my face. Um, yeah. I dropped my keys the other day, and I know I had them at the house. Why well, had to take my, uh, you know, nine and fourteen year old somewhere? And I was told the nine year old, "I'm like, uh, Dad can't find his keys. Can you help?" And she found them really quick. And I'm like, "Wow, what is up with me?" Yeah. So, you know, if I lose something for two seconds, I'm never finding it again. How the heck did they find this wedding ring in the '60s? I mean, it should be long gone. Yeah, I mean that's that's an incredible story. The fact that you know you could find something as small as that, even in a potato field where you're digging and things like that. But to be able to find a wedding ring, I mean, it's a small little wedding band. It was not some big piece of gold or something that you're looking for. It, it's, I mean, you know, it's an incredible story. It's it's a shame that. Um, that her husband uh, passed away a few years ago because I'm sure he would have been elated even though he did buy her a replacement and probably didn't didn't care about having to do that. But, 
you know, that would have been a, a even fun story to see them, you know, reunite with that. But um, it's such an incredible story to, to just see, you know, how something like that, where maybe it was right under your nose the whole time that you find it, you know, and just uh, after losing it, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, true story. I once lost my wedding ring. I had this dumb thing where I used to take it off before I took a shower, which just got a little silly. I misplaced it. I didn't know where it went. And it's awkward to explain to your wife. It's awkward when you work with women or cover events with other women there when they're like, oh, his light ring was on. Now it's not. What's going on here? You know? Yeah. I've misplaced it once or twice. Uh, but most of the time, I do actually. When I take a shower, I do take it off. It's a little looser on me, um, so I, I it would fall in the shower, and I don't want to risk losing it in the shower. But uh, every now and then, my wife likes to to play a trick on me and and take it from the dressing table, and uh, oh, you know, and, and then I at one point I did forget that I had left it there, and uh, or and she took it. I forgot that you know I I just didn't really realize it and put it back on. I was kind of going about my business, and she's like, "Where's your ring at?" And I'm like, "I don't. Oh crap, I don't know." And I went back in the bathroom and couldn't find it. And I was kind of freaking out a little bit, but she ended up having it and showing it to me. And but I, I do have it now, so it's right there. You know, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> what what a mean joke! And she starts yelling at you. <laughs> Why'd you take it off? Who are you seeing? You there, there was one time when I went to work, and of course I showered and took it off got dressed and ready to go. And I was at work and I'm like, Oh man, I felt my finger. And usually, you know, you feel your ring, you move it around or whatever. And I felt my finger and I could not feel my ring. And I'm like, Oh boy, I'm going to be in big trouble here. So, um, thankfully I, 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 you know, it was okay, but, uh, yeah, that was, it was kind of nerve wracking. I mean, I felt naked without my, my wedding ring. So. And, and that day, like, you're in this picture of you and a coworker, like you and somebody being interviewed, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably got a uh, "Who you talking to?" Uh, you know, yeah. type of question or something there with when she saw the ring was off. So, yeah, not not good, but uh, thankfully, and then again, I've only been married for five years, so haven't had opportunities to misplace or lose it. But those were the a couple of times where um, you know where it did it did get forgotten or misplaced. Well, when I lost mine, oh, I I would sit by fellow reporters and like I know what again. It was nothing bad. It was just they're probably like, "What man? I don't see his wedding ring. What's going on?" Like you know, I don't think they were interested or anything. It was just you know, yeah, that's awkward, man. When you know they're looking at it too. And exactly. How do you say, "Hey, let me explain what happened"? You know, it's just yeah, yeah, you know, just really strange. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well. All right. Well, let's promo a couple things real yeah. quick. Um, Craig, we haven't talked for a little while, so I, I, yeah. I need to kind of update you in real time. You know, it's kind of like we're meeting here. Um, yeah. I mean, all the content's the same. We may we were experimenting with doing four episodes a day, which got really ridiculous. We may go back to two, but again, it's the same content, giving you uh, just some fun interviews of Ohio people in pop culture. Um, all the shows are the same. Uh, Joe and I recorded a YouTube uh, show earlier. We have Seinfeld. We have Frazier. Uh, Craig talks to Bob Garver. Craig talks to George Thomas. Uh, he does some reviews from time to time. Um, 
we are really excited. In addition to all of that, we've got the Rockdown podcast that we're partnering with. We're also partnering with uh, Public News Service. I just for some daily news from time to time. And then also, uh, we're really excited with a, a partnership that's growing with the Columbus Dispatch, a big paper here in Ohio, we, where we've taken some interviews with some of the reporters. You can see them on dispatch.com, which I'm very excited and very fortunate to work with Kelly on that project. Um, but in addition to interviews we have with Danae King and Megan Henry, I uh, had a couple of fun interviews in the past week, Craig. We had our first NFL player yeah. on the podcast. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. Yeah, very fun. Yeah, Ashton Doolin. He's the um, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it's a third year in the NFL. And I don't know Ashton personally, but I have a contact through. Um, he used to be a Malone player. And Malone was a really bad football team. But Ashton played well as a senior, and he made the NFL as an undrafted free agent, which is crazy. Um, Ashton's been okay for the first two years. Uh, he's playing a lot more receiver this year. He's mostly focused on special teams beforehand. Uh, but he scored two touchdowns his last two games. First two touchdowns of his career. First one came on a long pass from Car- Connor Wentz. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Carson Wentz. I, I don't know why I call him Car- Connor. Uh, but, yeah, and he's leading the NFL in special teams tackles, Craig. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's, a, that's an, an amazing story. Um, you know, I have a little connection to, to Malone as well. My sister played softball at Walsh, so right. I've, uh, I know the rivalry between those two schools. So that's a, that's a pretty cool story to see. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, Pierre Garçon was one of those from Mount Union, but it's, it's a, you know, that's a football power. So right. it's kind of unique to see, you know, someone from a, a, a small school that's not traditionally known for being a powerhouse in football, you know, having some success there on the field. And yeah, and that was Malone's last football team he was on. I mean, yeah, they yeah, that's right. They have, yeah, they got rid of football. Yeah, yeah, you won't see happen Mount Union anytime soon, I'm sure. So, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we had an interview with him. We also talked um, to Miss Ohio. Um, uh, did a fun piece on her for Dispatch.com. Uh, she wanted to honor uh, the college football in Ohio, so she wore a high state uniform to Miss USA uh, during one of the contests. And she also held a Cincinnati helmet because she's a student currently at the University of Cincinnati. So it was fun to talk to her. Um, yeah, so a lot of content from the stuff you're used to each week to surprises that Craig and I will throw in from time to time. So lots of good stuff. Um, what else? Craig, I feel like there's a billion things we should talk about today. Uh, oh, uh, what, are you, what movies are you talking about coming up this weekend? Yeah, tomorrow with George, uh, Thursday, as always, we will be recording. He uh, A very exciting release, West Side Story, the new Steven Spielberg take on the, uh, the, the classic musical. So I'm very excited to hear George's take on that. Um, last week, I got George riled up a little bit after some Facebook comments on a, uh, a group of uh, 4K movie enthusiasts that we're a part of that uh, were... Uh, hailing this uh, great franchise, the Underworld franchise, about vampires and werewolves. And uh, George was very perturbed by uh, people's uh, love for that franchise and thinking that uh, it's an all-time classic. So I got George riled up a little bit. And uh, 
we always tend to have a lot of fun. We're getting towards the end of the year, so we'll be doing some end of the year kind of shows as well to kind of highlight the, the uh, 2021 year. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about uh, movies with George. And then, of course, uh, the week after, uh, on next Tuesday morning, I'm going to be recording with Bob Garver uh, after a week off because of a weird release schedule with December. The first week was just a bad release schedule, nothing new coming out. Uh, Bob's going to be uh, on with us next Tuesday, and he'll be talking about West Side Story and also another movie that I'm very interested in seeing, Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson coming-of-age drama. So I'm very excited to hear uh, Bob's take on that film as well, another potential Oscar contender. Very good. And, oh, one other thing. We also talked to Dave um, Schwenson, I believe his name is. Uh, he's a Cleveland guy. Um, he, re he read something um, in one of our papers about I read something recently about the Beatles, um, their Get Back documentary, and the fact of all the strange concerts they did in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. And Dave wanted to come on, and uh, he shared some stories he had about uh, Beatles in Cleveland and also Beatles in uh, Shea Stadium, a book he wrote. So, yeah, we talked about that as well. So, all right. Well, Craig, I think I've uh, promoted all that I can promo. <laughs> yeah. I still got two podcasts left. I'm ready to go to sleep right now. So, uh, thoughts and prayers, please, everybody. It's going to be a crazy night. So, all right. Well, thanks for checking out uh, Chris Craig Show uh, here on the Highland. Lots of ways to get involved. Um, share us. Uh, yeah, if you can send us money, great. If you can, um, you know, sign for any of our affiliate deals, great. But even if you say, hey, I don't want to give any money, that's fine. But share, share us on your Facebook, send us to your friends. Yeah, just. I love the interaction with you guys, and thank you for all your support over the years. All right. Well, for Craig, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Highland. Have a great day, everybody.